0: to the Primal Potential podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for joining me today. I know you could be a lot of places, doing a lot of things, putting your attention in many different directions, so thanks for being here. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. I certainly enjoyed putting it together for you. If you haven't heard before we dive in, I'm doing a free workshop. So I did a couple of episodes I think the first one was like 11.55 and then maybe 11.57 on a process for goal setting that sets you up for execution. And I got a lot of feedback on the goal setting episode, which is 11.55. In case you haven't listened to it, that would be a good one to go back to. A lot of people saying it was so helpful. I also offered a free worksheet so that you could go through the exact process that I was explaining Got tons of you taking advantage of that free worksheet. And then a girlfriend of mine who is very successful in business said, hey, I just wanted to reach out and say I listened to episode 1155 and kudos for the way you are approaching goals. And this is somebody who has worked with a lot of really high profile people in the personal development space. And she said, you know, what's missing in so many of the approaches, the common approaches to goals is that consistency piece, the staying in action piece. There are a lot of people who can help you map out all sorts of incredible paths, but it's the how do we stay in the game when we face frustration, when progress isn't as easy to come by as we thought it would be, as we hoped it would be, as we feel like we've earned. And she said, that's really what makes your approach different. And she encouraged me to do a workshop and she encouraged me to charge for it, but I want to do it for free. So we are going to do that. On Tuesday, January 16th, if you're listening to this in real time, Tuesday, January 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's totally free. I want to do it live so that those of you who have been through this process, if you have questions, if there are things that you want to fine-tune for your goals. I'm not sure how to do this based on this goal. I think this is a goal. How would you suggest that I fit this into this framework? Uh, And I want to talk about the momentum pieces. So it's a totally free workshop. You do have to register. You can register by going to primalpotential.com forward slash goals 2024. primalpotential.com forward slash goals 2024. Again, that's a totally free workshop. It's going to be Tuesday, January 16th at 8 p.m., please don't email me about replays only because I get 100 million emails. Is there a replay? Is there a replay? And the answer is always this. I make every attempt to record and share a replay, but I never guarantee a replay because there's just tech issues that happen. Sometimes you finish a webinar and you were recording it, but it like got garbled at some point or the download failed or any number of different things. So you if there is a replay, you will still have to be registered to get it. Primalpotential.com forward slash goals 2024 to register. And I will link that up in the show description. Along those lines, though, I didn't want you to have to wait until January 16th to talk about momentum because the fact of the matter is there are a lot of people who have not had a good start to the year. There are many of you that are still Early in this process, things are going really well, but at some point, we're all gonna come to a place where things feel a little rocky. Maybe we're feeling a little depressed. Maybe we're feeling distracted. Maybe something is competing for our attention. There's something big going on in our life, expected or unexpected. So I wanted to talk about five different things that you need to be doing in order to build and maintain momentum. It's a wonderful thing if you have clear goals But getting that momentum to the point where it's this flywheel effect where it gets easier and easier and easier requires a different process and a different skill set and a different approach than does goal setting. Lots of us are expert goal setters, but where we need to get better, have more practice, fine tune our approach is in being in the game. Building momentum, maintaining momentum. So I want to share five different things with you that you're going to have to do at some point. The first is look closely and often at what you're getting your pleasure from. One of the reasons that people struggle to be consistent is because there's something they get pleasure from that runs counter to their goals. So let's say you have a goal that requires that you drink less, but you are getting a lot of pleasure from alcohol, that's going to be problematic. Or you want to spend less and adhere to a budget, but you get a lot of pleasure from shopping. I think we all can relate to getting a lot of pleasure from certain types of food. And there was a significant portion of my life where food was the thing that I turned to most for pleasure. It doesn't mean I didn't get pleasure from other things, but in terms of frequency, like how often I was ringing that bell and food was a source of pleasure for me. I was turning to food for pleasure. It was just happening much more often with food than with anything else in my life. I did it for pleasure. I did it for entertainment. I did it as an escape from boredom. And the more that I got pleasure from food, sought pleasure in food, the more I did it, the more I did it, right? Because it becomes a habit, a default, and it can become almost unconscious. I would not have told you at that time that food was my most constant source of pleasure. I probably had no awareness of what was going on. I knew I was eating, but if you had asked me like, hey, what do you get the most pleasure from in your life? I probably would have said nothing, but that wouldn't have been true. Because overeating and overindulging and binging was where I was getting most of my pleasure. And what's really interesting, kind of as an aside, a conversation for another day, overindulging and binging also caused me the most pain. Isn't that interesting? Typically, when we overuse something and we tip the scales to where we're going to it for pleasure disproportionately, more than other things or more frequently than is healthy for us, it also becomes a source of pain. There are people who get most of their pleasure from shopping. There are people who get most of their pleasure from watching television, from drinking, from drugs, from catching up on what a thousand strangers are doing on social media, feeling like you got to watch all your people's stories. I remember growing up, my grandmother was really into a couple soap operas. And we'd spend the summer at the beach house. And at a certain time, it was like, oh, I have to watch my story. And that was 30 minutes of her day, an hour for two of them. I think one of them was 30 minutes. One of them might have been an hour long. But people nowadays, though there probably isn't the same love of soap operas, there's that love of reality TV. There's that love of Instagram. There's that love of TikTok. And because it is so accessible, because it's available at your fingertips 24-7, it can consume your time. Where you're getting most of your pleasure is a very important thing to audit. Is it where you want to be getting most of your pleasure from? You probably need to try new things. And you certainly are very likely to need to surrender other things. When I tell you that at the point in my life where I was getting most of my pleasure from food, I wasn't really getting pleasure from other things. Maybe some TV here and there, but not like food. And I've told this before how my mom would say, because she knew I was tremendously unhappy, she would call and she would say, what brings you joy? And I'd be like, nothing. Nothing. But see, that wasn't a dead end. I was just standing at a starting gate and not moving, a starting gate of exploring other things that I could get pleasure from. I really love to read. Now, because I have dug into it and spent a lot of time there and tried a lot of different things, I really love to lift weights. I really enjoy it. I love sitting in my sauna. I love playing with my kids. I love planning the next phase of what we're going to do with our property. I love spending time with friends. And let me just say, if you're listening and you are you maybe have a lot of online acquaintances, but you don't feel like you have friends. I've absolutely been there. And it's something that, again, it's not a dead end. You're standing there at a starting gate and you have to move. You have to take action. I've had to join gyms and try to make friends and join churches to try to make friends and, you know, go to different things in my community to try to make friends. I've had to leave my comfort zone and not just hope or wish or pray for friendships. A couple years ago, I stopped listening to true crime. I used to get a lot of pleasure from listening to true crime podcasts, but I I just don't think that they're a good thing to input into my psyche. Like if we think of things in terms of like it's either light or it's dark, that's super dark and I don't need to be opting into all of this darkness. And I didn't like that that was something I was routinely getting pleasure from. It just doesn't align with who and how I want to be. And then I had to seek other things, other things that I get pleasure from. I'm hyper aware of when I'm looking to food for pleasure. And don't get it twisted. I love food. I don't think loving food is wrong. But food can be a source of pleasure without eroding your health. I talked to my consistency course members about how, you know, I'm not eating sugar. I'm following the golden rules. And when Christmas came up, I was like, am I going to stick to this no sugar thing for Christmas? Am I going to have a little sugar? Like there was no drama or pressure around it. It was like, I just, I just don't know what I'm going to choose. And I made sure to set myself up for food that I really looked forward to eating, food that would bring pleasure to me but would not compete with my health goals. So we had this delicious prime rib. It was amazing. I made a really great salad. I made a charcuterie board. And I got a lot of pleasure out of eating this delicious meal. And that didn't have to be cookies or cake or alcohol. Where are you getting your pleasure from? Take inventory there. The second thing that's an important piece for building momentum is finding a way to enjoy the process. Because if you aren't enjoying the process, it's just not gonna last very long. One of my favorite questions, and I'm sure you've heard me say it here on the show many times, is what needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? What needs to change in my approach? What needs to change in my mindset? It's very likely a little bit of both. What needs to change so that I look forward to doing what needs to be done? Because if you are every single day approaching your workout going, this sucks, I hate it. I dread this. Or if you're thinking about making yourself a, a healthy dinner and you're like, I don't want to eat this. This is gross. This is nasty. This, oh, it's just the worst possible option. Something has to change. I was scrolling on uh, social media the other day and I saw a post from Amy Porterfield, who is just uh, the top dog in the, in the building online courses and building online businesses space. And she had done one of the trendy in and out posts like what's in in 2024, what's out. And one of the things that she put in her list of things that are in was learning to love what it takes to get what I want. And I thought that was such a fantastic way of wording this question that I always ask, what needs to change so that I look forward to what to doing what needs to be done. She said, learning to love what it takes to get what I want. What needs to change so that you can learn to love what it takes to get what I want? I don't write on a Peloton because I don't like it. And I don't run because I don't like it. And I don't eat asparagus because I don't love it. We do the things we want to do, And if you're thinking, well, yeah, that's why I love cookies. That's why I eat cookies. I love cookies. I eat them because, you know, we're drawn to things I love. And I get it. I love cookies, too. But I intentionally incorporate other foods I love. Cookies aren't the only food I love. So that I'm eating in a way that is aligned with my goals that I also enjoy and look forward to. I love lifting weights, because it is so incredible to see and feel the progress. I think it was my consistency course that I was telling the other day. I So I had a C-section with my daughter Dagny in 2020. I had a C-section with Roman in 2021. And then I had a C-section with the twins in 2022. And uh after you have that kind of abdominal surgery where they're, you know, cutting through the musculature and sewing it back together, there are some things from a fitness standpoint that you don't do right away. And of course, it takes different people different times to regain that strength. And one of the things for me uh, that took a while to come back was push-ups, real super high quality push-ups on my toes, no knee push-ups, anything like that. And uh Because the push-up, even though you think of it maybe as an upper body movement, is actually very uh, core intensive. It puts a lot of pressure on your trunk, on your midsection. And having that cut open and sewn back together three times in less than two and a half years, I just didn't tax my core by trying to do push-ups. I certainly worked my shoulders and my back and my chest in other ways. Well, just the other day, I was playing on the floor with my kids, and my two-year-old, Roman, is really into gymnastics. And so we were doing some tumbling and different things like that. And I was showing him how to do a push-up. And I have been working so hard in the gym without doing push-ups, so hard on my core strength, core rehab, back strength, all of these things, and I know I'm getting stronger. And wouldn't you know, I was able to bang out a handful of really high-quality, good movement mechanics, push-ups on my toes, and that feels so good. It feels so good to be strong. It feels so good to be able to lift up both of my twins who are probably... 30 pounds each now, and pick them both up, stand up from the ground, squat down, put them down. It's so functional. And I've fallen in love with that. Part of the reason I've fallen in love with it is good coaching. Part of the reason I've fallen in love with it is consistency. Wouldn't you know that the better you get at something, the more enjoyable it is? Right? If we're just starting out with movement, I mean, of course, you're not going to love it in most cases right off the bat, because we're not good at it. And it's hard to love something you're not good at. But consistency is a powerful way to fall in love because if we are great at a skill, more often than not, we like doing it because it feels good to be good at something. Obviously, there are exceptions to that, but it's important to point out that one of the key ingredients for enjoying what you do is doing it (laughs) and getting good at it. So what needs to change so that you can learn to love what it takes to get what you want? Do you need to meal plan differently? Do you need to prep differently? Do you need to try a different way of eating? Do you need to have more people in your circle, people that you network with, who have similar goals so that you can feel like there's some camaraderie in the journey? Do you need to simplify Do you need to focus on doing one thing instead of trying to incorporate 12 new changes? Because overwhelm is an enemy of enjoyment. A lot of folks are being too general about what they want to change and they're trying to take too much on. And when you're overwhelmed, you're not going to enjoy very much. But if you feel like what you're setting out to do is doable, the chances of you enjoying it are a lot higher. Other people might be focused on one thing and they're not overwhelmed, but they're valuing speed over enjoyment at the expense of consistency, at the expense of sustainability. This was me with food for a long time. This was me with business at different points. This was me with getting out of debt at a a number of points. I overvalued speed And I undervalued enjoying the journey and the cost of that approach was sustainability. Willingness to stay in the game. Willingness to be consistent. Learn to love what it takes to get what you want. And big shout out to Amy Porterfield for having that on her in list for 2024. I'm definitely stealing that because I love that wording. The third thing that you're going to need to do in order to get in momentum, stay in momentum, stand guard in your mind. Inevitably, you're going to have moments where you feel like it should be going faster. I should be further along. If I had just started six months ago, I wouldn't be in this place. Things wouldn't feel so hard. Those feelings are not bad. They are not wrong, but they are opportunities for you to choose a new way of thinking. To come back to what's in your power now, what you have control over now, what you can influence in the next 30 minutes instead of regretting the moment you didn't seize a month ago or feeling like the results should be different. You don't need to argue with reality. You need to capitalize on reality. I shared It might have been in the year in review episode, which I think was 1156, but don't quote me on that. I shared to the surprise of many people, including myself, that I'm weighing myself daily. And please listen to that episode because this is not something I recommend for everyone. In fact, I probably wouldn't even recommend this for the dramatic majority of people, but it's been such a great practice for me in perspective. Because what I see is that there can be days, there can be weeks, there's a two-week stretch where I'm crushing it. I'm eating so clean, no exceptions, no deviations, working out consistently, getting enough sleep, managing my stress, taking my supplements, getting 10,000 steps a day, and two weeks and the scale doesn't move. Like something must be wrong. Something must be broken. And there was a time in my life where that would just be this trigger for me to be like, screw it. What's the point? I don't even care. Or these lunacy stories of, I need to reset my metabolism. and I am going to have a cheat meal or cheat day, which is just Illogical. Completely illogical. What we need in those moments is consistency. So you have to stand guard in your mind and recognize the stories that you are telling yourself when you feel like it's not working, when you feel frustrated, when you think it should be going faster, when you're tempted to jump ship and try some new thing because you saw somebody doing it on TikTok. Right? You have to stand guard in your mind and you recognize those stories and you don't judge them as bad or broken or weak. There are opportunities for you to show up and see it a different way. When I had that period of time where it's two weeks, I'm crushing it. I'm so consistent. There's not anything from a diet standpoint that I could be like, well, maybe I should dial back on that. Just incredibly clean, incredibly consistent. The workouts, all of it and the scale's not changing. I remind myself, hey, I feel better. That is a win. This scale is not telling the whole story. And not only that, it's coming. This is what consistency actually looks like. You don't stop because the progress is slow. You don't stop because you aren't seeing the results in the time frame in which you expected them. That's what consistency actually means. We say we want to be consistent, but are we just saying it or are we choosing it? Staying in the game when you're frustrated is required drama will be your demise stand guard in your mind I get to practice this not only when I check my weight I get to practice this with my daughter Charlie having twins is a trip Charlie's one of the twins Charlie and Piper they are identical and they are super identical like I get them confused regularly still everybody gets them confused regularly it's very hard to tell them apart and of course they're you know genetically identical. They are the same age, all of these things. And because they are so similar, their differences really stand out. And I think, at least for me, as a mom of identical twins, it's just very um, automatic. It feels automatic to just focus on the differences, right? And one of the things lately is that Piper is talking. And Charlie is much slower to talk. Charlie has fewer words than Piper does by a a wide margin. And it's very easy to tell this story of like, Piper is ahead, Charlie is behind. And I have to stand guard in my mind because the way that things appear is not the way that they are. The way that we default to seeing things is not the only perspective. It's not the true perspective. It's just a reflection of how we're used to thinking. And and the real story is, though they are identical twins, these are two totally different girls. And if there was just one of them, I wouldn't and I wouldn't have anything to compare Charlie to, and I wouldn't have any thoughts or concerns around where she's at because I know that her start in life was like really, really challenging, you know? One of the things that is very similar in my experience with Charlie and her language and my experience with this checking my weight every day process is we do these exercises with Charlie. We, we work on her speech in a specific way. We've got all sorts of experts from Boston involved in their care just because of their start in life. And it can seem like it's not working, right? It can seem like it's not working when I do it, you know, a hundred times a day for a week and it seems to make no difference, that is when most people stop. That is when most people say, because they have the expectation, and who knows where these expectations come from, but we we create them that, well, if I eat this way or I move this way, then in this period of time, I should see this. Maybe it's because of the way it was before, but the way it was before isn't the way it is now. You are not the way you were before, right? And the same thing was true with, with these speech exercises that we do with Charlie. I had some expectation that in this amount of time, I would see this benefit. And then we get into this storytelling of, oh, well, it must not be working and what's the point and why bother? And maybe I need to try something different. Consistency tells us, no, this is when we stay the game. The change is coming. The shift is coming. The the breakthrough is coming. And most people don't ever get to the breakthrough because the time frame doesn't match their expectations. It's like that visual. You might have seen it on social media before. I love it. It's this picture of this little cartoon man digging in a cave for diamonds and he's got his pickaxe and and you can see him you know picking away and then the image below it's kind of like a cartoon strip shows that he's frustrated and his shoulders are slumped down and he's turned around he's resigned he's surrendered he's thrown his pickaxe over his shoulder and he's walking away when he was like two inches away from breaking through to the diamonds right and I think that that's the case when I when I'm doing these exercises with Charlie and it feels like uh it's not working it's uh, you know but that's based on my expectation of when I would see results if I keep going if I remain consistent if I decide that I'm gonna be the one like unlike everybody else everybody else might have given up everybody else might have stopped everybody else might have gotten frustrated and said what's the point I keep going we see the reward right same thing with my weight all these other times in my life if I felt like like, oh, I'm being so good, I'm being so good, it's not working, it's not working. If I am the one who says this is when it matters most and I will persist through this, the breakthrough is coming. So stand guard at your mind. The fourth thing, avoid extreme changes that you resist or you resent. One of the things that uh, Coach Morgan Bunger says, he's uh, my partner in Strong Foundations, he's the fitness expert piece of things, and he says it, The only rule is that you're able to show up tomorrow, meaning you don't do anything that's going to get you hurt. You don't push to be a hero to show off to yourself or somebody else because we want to make sure that you can show up tomorrow. And I think that that's such a really... Important thing to consider, whether we're talking about getting out of debt or we're talking about losing weight, cleaning up the way we eat, pursuing some business change, avoid these extreme changes that basically take you out of the game eventually because it's just misery for you. And I've described it this way with the the extremes, because I used to do all these crazy extreme crash diet kind of things, and it would be I'd have a few days of super, super strict on point, and then I'd have a day or two of off the rails, and it would be this two steps forward, two steps back, but it was really probably four steps back if we considered the implications on my, my mindset and my metabolism and my internal cellular health. But the way that I've described it is like this, I'm totally made up, arbitrary, but imagine that the way you eat is this numerical spectrum of 1 to 10. And 10 is super, super clean, dialed in, just couldn't possibly be cleaner. And 1 is train wreck. Anything goes, as much as you want. It is way more damaging to be 10, 10, 10, 10, 10 1, 1, 1, 2, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 1, 10, 1, 10 than it is to be seven, 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 seven. If any of you guys are thinking of friends, I am too. Uh, but I would rather consistently eat at this arbitrary made up doesn't exist seven or eight on this imaginary eating clean scale than wildly swinging between 1 and 10 and feeling like it's a constant battle. The thing to remember about that is that these numbers are not fixed positions, right? What eating at an 8, imaginary 8, was for me 10 years ago is very different from what it is now because over time – my habits have gotten stronger and the way that I eat has gotten cleaner and I've moved away from a lot of the junk and the crap and the processed stuff that I used to eat very regularly. But avoid any extreme change that you resist or you resent. I have so many clients who I hear from them only when they're having these A plus days, but the A plus day represents such a high degree of change for them that they're not ready to commit to that they either have A plus days or they have F days. And I'd rather have you consistently hitting a B day, a B day, a B day, a B day. And then after a month of that, we'll go for a B plus day. And let's get a B plus, B plus, B plus, B plus day. And you might be able to get fantastic results instead of vacillating back and forth between a A, a and an F. The last thing for creating momentum and maintaining it. And we've talked about this on a number of episodes, so I'm just gonna touch on it briefly. Track something daily, right? eyes wide open, looking at the journey, looking at what's happening, looking at your results, not looking away. Pay attention. If there is one thing that you can commit to for the sake of momentum, be eyes wide open on what you are doing. Create a scenario where you cannot any longer drift, disengage, have a couple of good weeks, and then you're off the rails for a few weeks. Have something that is in your face daily that you are willing to commit to, whether that's a coach or a mentor or a program or a scale or a calendar or whatever, have eyes wide open and do not allow yourself to look away, turn away, walk away from your practice. Before we go today, I want to remind you of that webinar we have coming up beyond goal setting, a process to make sure that you can get in momentum and stay in momentum. And I really want to be able to workshop your goals with you. It's Tuesday, January 16th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It is absolutely free. You do have to register. And to register, go to primalpotential.com forward slash goals 2024. And I will link that in the show description here primalpotential.com forward slash goals 2024. Mark that date on your calendar, Tuesday, January 16th, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and I will see you guys tomorrow.